Just failing in the rain. Just failing in the rain. What a crappy feeling. But I'm failing. Again. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of UFL with me, Sam Vader. And yes, the singing keeps getting worse and no, I'll do nothing about it. Um, Yeah, welcome back. We've hit 700 listens on the show now, which is pretty... That's since moving to Captivate, so it's probably a bit above that from when we were on the other place that that shall not be named. Um, But yeah, I was completely, completely blown away, especially... By the support last week, I was getting some big spikes in numbers and it was all fantastic. So thank you so much for all the constant, constant support to get this show uh, going and, and to keep it going. And, you know, thank you very much. Um, but without further ado, I suppose we should get into the show. And we will obviously be starting off with the uh, little caveat uh, about Black Lives Matter, because it's still a very, 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 very important cause that still doesn't get, I think, the attention that it deserves. Um, the media's died down. Obviously, you've got coronavirus now. You've got the presidential elections. Uh, you should vote. Well, I'm not American, but you should vote. But, you know, with all this other stuff going on now, mainly the, the current pandemic, um, <laughs> Black Lives Matter has sort of been pushed to the wayside. And whilst I agree the pandemic is important, we can't also ignore the fact that there is still systematic racism. There's still just blatant racism. And and it's something that needs to be stopped um, just for the sake of humankind at this point. Just just to be better, you know, be nice to each other. Um, but if you do want to help, and I sincerely hope you do, because if you don't want to help Black Lives Matter, uh, you're scum and you can please fuck off. Um, it's plain and simple. Um, if you do want to help, you can go to www.blacklivesmatter.com where you can find out ways to help monetarily or non-monetarily and find links and things and just to advise you and help you in daily life to maybe get rid of some things that maybe you've done, you don't realise it's offensive and maybe it is to some people. But you can also keep the conversation going on social media by using hashtags BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter when discussing it on social media to keep the conversation going and... Uh, to make sure people keep educating themselves and we keep working towards a better tomorrow because I'm hoping one day we get to a point where no minorities are oppressed and, you know, we're all hunky-dory, but we're not there yet. We've made progress, yes. We've made a lot of progress from how bad it used to be, but still not enough. Until we're completely equal, that is when, you know, I'll shut the fuck up about this. But without (laughs) with that, I suppose, covered... We shall now get into the main topic of the episode. And this week we're going back to Yu-Gi-Oh! I know, I only did that two weeks ago. I went from Yu-Gi-Oh! to a uh, West Endish show, West End performers putting on a concert, essentially. Back to Yu-Gi-Oh! again. I'm really mixing it up, guys, and I really hope you're looking forward to this. Um, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! But a very specific part of Yu-Gi-Oh! We're just going to be covering the Duelist Kingdom arc, which, obviously, for audiences in the West, that is the arc that kicked it all off. And for audiences in the East, that is the arc that really solidified Duel Monsters and that particular card game as what Yu-Gi-Oh! would become going forward. Um, Because obviously you had uh, the Season Zero and the Death T arc and everything based on the original manga did come out in Japan 
Um, but that's why the original series is actually called Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, because there was a, an original series that came out based off the original events of the manga, um, just called like Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japan. And then when they brought out the second season, which for us was the first season, they called it Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. That's why our first one is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters and not just Yu-Gi-Oh! Technically, but everyone still knows it as Yu-Gi-Oh! But it's, to be fair, I refer to it as Duel Monsters. If I'm ranking Yu-Gi-Oh! series, I'll call it Duel Monsters. Anyway, that's a little factoid for you but yeah Jordan's kingdom the, the arc that started it all off and obviously the arc that for a lot of us is the reason that we are still duelists or still like the show today um i say as i look at my many many decks of Yu-Gi-Oh cards um yeah i'm still obsessed and Jordan's kingdom has a big part in that that was obviously Jordan's kingdom is obviously from the first episode up until uh, I'm probably not going to involve the filler. That can just be a... Maybe. But I'm going to sort of end it sort of when Pegasus is defeated, pretty much, and that sort of... That story wrapping up is going to be what I'm going to consider the Duelist Kingdom arc. Full of many iconic moments. Not all of them for um, the right reasons. And many iconic duels, including the very first duel. We, we can't mention... the, We can't not mention the... Uh, the uh, oral nomads, also known as the um, oh, I, I did it. Um, we can't not mention <laughs> Jesus Christ, the the very first duel of the show, which has become an iconic duel at this point. That is where we are first introduced to iconic monsters such as the Dark Magician, the Blue Eyes White Dragon, my personal favourite, as I've made very clear time after time and time, and of course the unstoppable Exodia and the famous moment of Exodia obliterate. And Kyber literally has his ass handed to him on a plate. Um, and yeah, that annoyingly, I can't call Yugi out for cheating during that. Door. I mean, you can make the argument that the Millennium Puzzle helping him draw whatever he needs did help him with the whole Exodia pool. But I mean, other than that, there's not much blatant cheating going on in that. Fortunately for us Kyber fans and Yugi naysayers, he cheats a lot more in Duelist Kingdom, don't you worry. Um, but yeah, that that iconic first duel is really sort of, you know, it, it, it set up Duel Monsters. You know, you're first introduced to Blue Eyes White Dragon, which has now become a staple of the show and probably the most popular card and monster from the show. It's probably to, to, Pokemon, to Yu-Gi-Oh what Charizard is to Pokemon. Yeah, the mascot's Dark Magician. Or yeah, the mascot's Pikachu. But let's be fair. Blue Eyes White Dragon and Charizard are much cooler, and that's just a fact at this point. Um, sorry, Dark Magician, you suck ass compared to um, Blue Eyes White Dragon. It's just fact the stats show it, and Pikachu, I, mean, I suppose you probably could be a Charizard, you've got a type advantage, but stat-wise, Charizard's just going to flamethrower you to death, my little electric mouse friend. And yeah, and obviously, as I've made clear in one of the episodes of Season 1, I've got to keep reminding myself, this is actually Season 2 of you, in fact, I made it through a season. Um, season one, I did, I did an episode on sort of what makes a good rival, which was sort of my, my big fanboy over Kyber, I suppose. But I did also did dive into why I think Kyber and Yugi's rivalry is my favorite rivalry in all of television, um, and fiction. Um, and I was saying that I, that rivalry is so iconic. It's just so fierce. And so they really want to beat each other. Um, that rivalry started here in that first episode. You could see it develop, and obviously, you also get the iconic mind crush, where he he literally 
beats the evil out of Kyber essentially with ancient magic. Um, but Kyber, which shows that Kyber was a douche even when he was a good guy because he still he was still an asshole, which is quite frankly brilliant because I love him. Um, yeah, so I couldn't not mention that first iconic duel um, and how great it was, even though you had the really weird. Oh, this jury is a symbol of friendship. I'll tell you what, I did not realise until, I don't know, what, five years ago, that that, that thing, Taya drew on all of their hand, that was a smiley face. I only found that out when they released a spell card. Um, I can't remember what it was called, and it had that scene on it, and they made it clearer that it was a smiley face. Um, yeah, that... Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that's... Good for you, Taya. Glad you've got some friends. Um... But yeah, Duel of the Kingdom. I actually have the uh, set sail for the kingdom. The king, um, you know, the little set of cards that all the competitors were given. Um, Glory of the King's Hand or whatever it was called. I, I do have them because I bought one of the legendary collections, which is really cool to have. But obviously then you've got that, f which brings me to the first duel with Pegasus, which I suppose technically Yugi would have won if it wasn't, well, I can't remember how many life points they were on. But Yugi definitely would have taken the lead if he had like a second more. Um, which is very similar to the whole Joey losing to Marek in Battle City because he passed out, whereas technically he had won the game. All he had to do was yell attack. Uh, he outdueled him, but he lost because of a technicality. And I mean, obviously, they had to have Yugi lose and they had to add tension to it. But I don't... I think it would have been better if they had Pegasus outright beat Yugi in that first duel. That is maybe uh, something I'm wrong about. Maybe people are going to disagree on that point. But the more I think about it, the more I think that flat out, Yugi should have just lost that duel. He shouldn't have lost on a technicality like, oh, look, I ran out of time. I don't... I think that cheapens it and that makes Pegasus seem like less of a threat because that's like, oh, technically you would have lost. So when Yugi faces him next and there's no time limit, well, of course Yugi's going to win. Whereas if you have Pegasus actually floor him, that makes his menace a whole lot more. Like, then, because obviously that's what they do. They they even sort of flat out say it in the anime. When Kaiba turns up trying to save Mokuba and he has his duel against Pegasus and he lets everyone watch, it's sort of, Pegasus sort of, I think it was um, Roche, his right-hand butler, man, security guard, he sort of did everything for him. Sort of a, basically went, yeah, this is just to intimidate you. Like, that's, that's what's going on here. So, if... You know, and obviously Pegasus regrettably goes on to win that duel by using his Millennium Eye. I, arguably, Kaiba, I think, outplays him. But because of the Millennium Eye, Pegasus can see all the plays coming so he can cheat his way around it. So whilst I do think Kaiba was the better duelist in the situation, he does lose. And that, considering Kaiba's just come off a win from beating Yugi, and I will discuss that duel in a bit. It's like, well, oh, so he's on a high. He's just beat Yugi. And now Pegasus has beaten him. What would have made that even more intimidating is the fact that if Pegasus had beaten Yugi in episode 2, then goes on to beat Kaiba now, so then when Yugi eventually has to step up to the plate to duel Pegasus again, it's like, well, I lost the first time. I've just, I saw Kaiba lose, like, yesterday to him. What what am I going to do? And it makes, I think, the threat seem a lot bigger for Yugi if, if he had lost that initial duel fairly or like not on a technicality but Pegasus had just outdoored him and beaten him um but I mean that's maybe a minor minor bugbear compared to uh the rest of Dawless Kingdom I will say my first in introduction to well no it wasn't my first introduction but I remember 
maybe it was my first introduction that got me properly into the show and then I watched it properly it was my nan and granddad they had a dvd with three episodes on it three episodes right and it was the episode where Yummy Bakura shows up for the first time and duels Yugi in the Shadow Realm and traps all of them in their favourite cards. And then the two um the two part episode against Panic. Right. So they were the first three Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes I ever watched. because uh, I, I sort of got into it, I saw this DVD, and then after that I saw it on TV and I watched it at home. Um and then got hooked from there, obviously. Well, I was hooked from that because I remember I used to be at my nan and granddad's and <clears throat> after watching the same three episodes over and over again, like I'd go there every single time, I'd watch the three episodes, then I'd go into the kitchen, I'd get some paper, I'd get some scissors. I was supervised with the scissors. Then I'd get some crayons because, you know, good old English childhood. And I would make my own Yu-Gi-Oh cards because this is back before I got into the show, before I realised it was an actual game. Because I say this was, I just had a DVD. Well, saying that, no, there was a Kribo card with that DVD. I think there was more that came with it, but they lost the rest. It was just a single Kribo card. I've still got the Kribo card somewhere. Um, yeah, but for the most part, I didn't. So I, I made my own Yu Gi Oh cards. Um, remember, because they were the only three episodes I've watched, I think I based them mostly off sort of Panics monsters. So like King of Yummy Makai and Barrocks and the other one that I don't think was ever printed in English. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was my introduction, was Duelist Kingdom, in fairness, and, you know, the duels were good, and it was an entertaining arc, but that's the thing, I will never deny it was entertaining, right, and you had some really good duels, I say, you had the, the Kyber, you were, well, Yugi versus Pegasus was f- astounding, you have the, like, the first ever duel of the show, Yugi versus Kyber, you've got Yugi versus Kyber actually rematching at Duelist Kingdom, which is really cool, um, so the cool duels, is really entertaining, but in hindsight, some of it's really dumb, like really dumb, um, <laughs> like, and we're going to discuss that now, and it, it's sort of going to turn into, for a little bit, exposing Yugi's bullshit, um, obviously at this point in the show, the, the rules of the game hadn't properly been established, and that was very apparent, obviously the rules of the real game had, you know, obviously I get tribute summoning was introduced yet, and whatever, that's fine, so I, I can live with the no tribute summon rule, okay, like, it makes levels pointless on cards up to that point, but I, I can live with it, right? But then but then there's just other stuff. So we were talking about the, you know, the panic duel. And, like, the, f- the way that Yugi wins by tricking panic to force field all of his monsters. And then destroying the flotation device. Not actually destroying the monster. He wasn't aiming for the monster. He was aiming for the flotation device on the monster that then caused the monster to fall down and then crush all of Panic's other monsters, causing him to lose because they couldn't run away because they were trapped in the force field. Now, if anyone out there has ever played Yu-Gi-Oh, that's bollocks. Monsters can't move because they're in their dedicated monster space. And if you, like, I don't know, use... Right, if you were just to say Edgimp Sabres... Go clip the wings of Air Hummingbird. Air Hummingbird now isn't just going to fall to the ground, right? And just certainly not going to crush anyone underneath him, right? And it's just a bit like, well, no. Okay, you can't just, okay, go up to, like, number nine Dyson Sphere and say, which, by the way, is, like, bigger than the sun is meant to be. Well, bigger than a planet. It's a massive-ass monster, right? You can't just turn off its power and then just watch it fall and crush your opponent and then you just win, 
So yeah, you can't you can't destroy a flotation device, Yugi, and then just crush monsters and then win the. Do- it's a bit it's a bit against the rules, mate. Um, a little bit, and that's not the first time. You know, then you've got the perfectly ultimate great moth episode. I can't really remember that one. Weevil just annoyed me. Um, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of it, like Burning Land and stuff, it was all turned into cars afterwards and everything made sense afterwards, but that was a bit silly. The whole Perfectly Ultimate Great Moth, I think, Weevil cheated anyway, so I guess I'll let him get away with that one. But then, then right, the one that really, really annoys me, not annoys me, the one that make, makes me laugh the most is the whole Mako Tsunami duel, where, right, so I, I'm not sure who cheated the most here. So obviously Mako made it out that when he's got Umi on the field... You now can't see... Similar to what Panic did, actually, and obviously Panic came later. So when Panic was dueling Yugi, because the cast of Dark Illusions created Shadow, Yugi then couldn't see Panic's monsters and therefore couldn't attack them because he couldn't see them. Which, you know, that's like me, once again, playing against my friend. I'll use Cameron, for example, because he's the person I play against the most. I'm playing against Cameron, right? But then me just covering up my monster cards. So because he can't see what ones they are, he then can declare an attack on the left one, but it's going to miss because they're covered up by smoke. Right, it's a bit... Okay, so Mako used the same thing, all oh, because his waters are under... Monsters are underwater, you can't see them, and then he was taking up Yugi's monster spaces with water because, you know... But most of these monsters, right, when you play them, if they're human-like or don't have wings, they don't actually stand on the ground. You notice, because they're holograms, they float. Right, they're sort of flying in midair anyway. Right, so the whole oh, you can't play that now because there's a bit of water there. No, and then you can't say oh, because my monsters are covered by water, you can't see them, so you can't attack them. Ah So Mako is cheating from the very beginning, right? Which fair, but then Yugi, oh Yugi, what's he gonna do? He's just gonna cheat right back because you don't become the king of games by playing fairly, kids. That's a lesson I'm teaching you right now. And if you want to complain about it, oh, fuck yourself. Right, you don't get anywhere in life by playing fair. Right? Although I'm not condoning cheating. On people. In games, it's fine. As long as you don't get caught. That's not true. You know what? Believe what you want. I don't care. I'm not held responsible for any of this. Um, <laughs> I hope not, anyway. So, yeah. So, Yuki then plays uh, the Moon card. Uh, like, Mystic Moon. I can't remember the name of the card. Mystic Moon sounds like Mystic Mine, and that's now giving me an aneurysm. Right? So, he plays a Moon. It's not Book of Moon. I know that much. He plays a Moon and then, right, so you obviously can't, you can't attack your own cards anyway. But then Yugi then gets his giant soldier of stone to destroy the moon, right? This is, this is the thing, just attack it, not with any spells or traps or anything. Just a regular non-effect monster, who's got quite low attack, attack to be fair. 1,200 is alright. His defense is right at 2,000. He was good in like the first set of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like 2,000 defense points was a good wall. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, so he then gets gets the giant soldier stone to literally stab the moon, breaking the moon. And because the moon that Yugi played controls the tide now, all the water that was there before the moon was even there now obviously floods out. Because obviously, how that works is the fact that the water was there anyway, the moon then got put there, and then because the moon was taken away, the water now floods because it wasn't there before. And now Yugi, all of Mako's monsters are all washed up, and then Yugi wins, and it's a bit like, okay. Nice. Good for Yugi. I mean, Attack the Moon is now a card. I think it's like, all destroy one, I don't know, 
I think it's face up field spell on the field. And it's like, ha, ha they turned it into a funny moment. Ha, ha. But it's a bit like, you know, when you're trying to set up the early point of the show, and you're especially, right, the biggest problem with Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, as a whole, especially like the original series, is obviously it's an advertisement for the card game. You can't deny that. That's what it is. But at the best of times, it didn't teach people how to play the game. But then you've got Dolius Kingdom that just completely throws the rules out the window. It's stuff like, oh, giant soldier of stone, attack the moon. Oh, I can see you now, you're dead. Like, that's not how Yu-Gi-Oh works. And before, once again, I get a bit too angry and, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh's a because Yu-Gi-Oh's a little bitch, right? Before I get too like that, I would like to uh, mention the sponsor for the week, which as always, no, I'm joking. It's not the same as always this week. Um, although you can still go check out Kingstar's apparel. Just go and get good stuff. Anyway, no. The sponsor this week is actually a different proportion of the uh, King's Eyes branding. It is the commissions page run by Schmerp. He does that brilliant work. Honestly, it's fantastic. He helped um, Edo design the Clansmen Unite collection. Uh, which it's all brilliant. Go check that out. Obviously, once again, at King Styles Apparel. Uh, but his work is absolutely fantastic. He did the complete rebrand uh, for Sigil Arts, which is obviously the network we're a part of. And he does so much more. So please do go, if just go check out the page anyway. Why not? But if you want a commission of any kind, please do go check out his portion of the website and hit him up. He's a really good guy, great to work with, you know, and he will get you a high quality commission for a very, very good price. So please do go check him out. Uh, he's a brilliant guy and does brilliant work. So yeah, thank you for that. And while you're checking stuff out, why not check me out on Twitter? Not in a weird sexual way, like, please, you know, I'm not posting saucy, pent me like your French girl, like, post, like, just check out my Twitter account and follow it if you want. I was going to say subscribe, but that's going to be completely different. But yeah, follow my, um, on my Twitter account, at Vader Saiyant, where I post loads of stuff about Yu-Gi-Oh! Recently, I've been posting about Chaotic as well, because I found out that apparently the game's making a comeback at some point, and I'm trying to get back into that. Uh, so I've been doing that, and I post loads of random stuff. A lot of Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, though. If you want to do more Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, you can join my Discord server, which is currently the pinned tweet on my Twitter. Join there for some great Yu-Gi-Oh conversations. And also, I'm hosting a Yu-Gi-Oh uh, tournament via my Discord server. Uh, we're still in the planning process of that, but I've got some competitors at the moment. If anyone wants to join that tournament, go to the Twitter, at Vader Saiyan, uh, find my the pinned tweet, which is my Discord server, join in and drop a message in the Discord saying you want to take part in the competition and I'll add you to the duelists, a uh, list of duelists and we will obviously then sort out the tournament where I'll be giving away a prize to the winner and hopefully making it a bit more of an uh, of an annual event. And I suppose why I'm plugging stuff, I might as well pug, pug? we like pugs, plug the, uh, plug the show page, which is at you have failed SV on Twitter as well. That's the best way to get any updates on the show when a new episode's out. Also, it's the Discord server as well, to be fair. When a new episode's out, why there isn't a new episode out, if there's something going on or any big announcements. Oh, and the Discord server, actually going back to that, is also a way to get involved with the podcast and potentially be a guest on it at some point. Anything else to plug? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go plug Central. I don't care. It's my stuff. So I am also, at some point planning on very soon doing a Pokemon sleep lock. If you don't know what that is, it's basically doing a Pokemon Nuzlocke. If you don't know what that is, no, I don't have time to explain that here. 
Uh, basically, it's a type of Pokemon challenge that makes it harder. First Pokemon of every route. If Pokemon faints, it dies. You can't use it again. If you, all your Pokemon faint in your party, you've lost the Nuzlocke. End of. So a Sleep Lock is one of that where you play through the entire Pokemon game and you either beat the game, lose the Nuzlocke challenge, or fall asleep trying. So I will be doing a Sleep Lock at some point soon, streaming that on either Twitch or YouTube. I haven't decided yet. And I haven't decided what game yet either. But that will be something I'll be doing very soon. So please do look out for that. And perhaps tune in when I get to it. But without further ado, I think I've shamelessly plugged enough. It's time to uh, get back into talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Copyright strikes. No, yeah. So, no, yeah. I said that a lot, don't I? There's, I've probably got a lot of things I say a lot. I don't want to think about it. I'll start par- making myself paranoid about all my little things. Like, you know. Anyway, so yeah, Dawless Kingdom. Um, it's a mess, but it's a lovely mess. And um, okay, right. It's time for me to get into my angry mode, which which means I'm about to talk about Kaiba and Yugi's duel in Dawless Kingdom, the second one. So yeah. Um, okay. Right, first of all, we might as well mention that Kaiba did help Yugi win a fight by using, by hacking the system and weakening the Blue Eyes White Dragon that was stolen from him by the fat clown guy who's never really explained who he is in the English dub, but in the sub, it he's a shapeshift. It's a bit weird, right? Um, don't look into it. But yeah, so Kaiba helps win by cheating, by hacking the Blue Eyes White Dragon to make it weaker because the holograms matter and not the actual card i don't whatever right so then that's fine but then kaiba shows up he beats the living daylights out of joey and then challenges yugi to a duel right and you're like yeah woo, let's go kaiba for the first time summons the blue eyes ultimate dragon which is sick right and uh, i don't know who cheats more so there's the bit where i can't remember if this happens first or after but yugi attacks one of the heads of blue eyes white dragon because he's got three heads you've got to destroy all three and then the third head comes back i'm not sure when that happens but then you've got the other bit right where yugi right so the thing with this right you can tell i'm getting angry now the thing with this duel right is that kyber always gets called out for his cheat at the end right where in the sub no in the dub he goes the shockwave of the attack will push me off the castle so he's threatening like you know i'll die if you do this in the sub, it's a lot more extreme. Kaiba basically says, I will jump off if you declare that attack. So he's willing to commit commit suicide for a chance to save his brother, which, I mean, shows a lot about his character. Bit extreme. But once again, he's trying to save his brother, so that's fine. So everyone brings up that point. But does anyone forget the fact that Yugi was about to win by cheating? Like, Kaiba completely outplayed Yugi that day. Like, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon was stronger than anything Yugi could come up with, right? So Yugi uses the Living Arrow, which I don't think is a real card, with Mammoth Graveyard, with what, Polymerization or something, to, and I kid you not, fuse, right, fuse Mammoth Graveyard with Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, because one is an undead monster and the other is a living monster. This then means that the Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon will start to decay over turns, losing attack points and becoming weaker. And I think it was after that point that Yugi chopped off one of the heads. So he had cheated beforehand. So, yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, Kaiba won by threatening to commit suicide. I'm like, okay, fair enough, that's 
that's cheating. You do that at a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, shit's going to go down. But at the same time, Yu-Gi didn't deserve the win. Kaiba had him beat. Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon was stronger than any monster Yu-Gi could have come out with at that point. And just just destroying Yu-Gi turn after turn. Like one Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon... Dragons enough, and merge all three of them together. At the time, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon was a fucking tyrant, right? <laughs> and then Yugi's just like, "No, look, I can, I can make your dragon decompose because I have living adult and non-living monster, and I shoot it into your dragon to fuse them together, and now your dragon decompose and get weaker every turn." Ha ha! I'm like, that's that's not the. Un- to be fair, I mean, no one's for. When I say no one's followed the rules in Duel of Kingdom, Yugi definitely hasn't. Regardless of, once again, the, the tribute summon rule, that's fine, whatever. I can accept that one. You know, I'd love to be able to just summon Blue Eyes White Dragons without tribute. I mean, I do. But that's because special summoning has gone mental at this point. But, yeah, so, I just... Why... Why does Yugi get no flack for that? That's what I'm I'm here to represent all Kaiba fans, by the way, here. Like Yugi fans, you're wrong. Right? Why does Yugi get no flack for literally making up the rules to the game in Duelist Kingdom? And then Kaiba did one th- one thing, which is like, oh look, I'm gonna jump off here if you if you beat me, like, because I want to save my fucking brother, which one is a very reasonable thing. Killing yourself is never reasonable. What I mean is, his reasoning behind it is very reasonable. He wants to save his brother's life from from Pegasus, who's obviously a whack job, and you don't know what he gets up to, right? And then everyone's like, "Yeah, but that's not fair. Yugi would have won by declaring the attack." No, Kaiba would have won if Yugi didn't cheat and fuse a fucking undead monster with a living monster and cause the monster to decompose. That's not how the game fucking works. I can't do... Cameron, right, who I play against, cannot put a zombie monster in his deck, right? Bear in mind, I'm pretty sure Mammoth Graveyard isn't even a zombie-type monster. I'm pretty sure it's a dinosaur-type monster, so that's another thing, right? It's not even an actual undead category, I guess, like nice one but you can't right Cameron can put Mammoth Graveyard in its deck somehow managed to fuse it with one of my monsters I mean super polymerization fair enough okay cool and then start to make my dragon decompose that's not that's not what would happen is he'd summon a fusion monster to his field but then I don't remember if they used polymerization I just remember it was dumb and it's like why does Kaiba get all the flack for that duel why is Kaiba the one being called oh what a cheater he didn't actually d- deserve that win Neither did Yugi. Kaiba deserved it. Kaiba threatened to kill himself after Yugi blatantly cheated and broke the rules. Right? Still, yes, very extreme. Shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, Yugi cheated. Right? Flat out. Yugi does not deserve that win. Yugi does not deserve half the wins he got in Duelist Kingdom. Right? I can't think of many that he does. I'm pretty, he probably cheats against Yami Bakura in that show. I mean, he cheats in the duel against Pegasus. Right? I mean, I know Pegasus is cheating as well, but they're both cheating. It doesn't make it any better. I mean, to be fair, Yugi cheats in every duel he's in, because one, he's got Millennium Puzzle, which is like, oh, I need this card. Oh, thanks, Millennium Puzzle. <laughs> and then also, you know, having two people in a duel, I know at that point they didn't realise it was two people, but it was still two minds working on the same problem, right? And as soon as they did realise it was two minds, it was like, ah, yes, you went better now. Hoo-hoo. Right? So that's cheating every single time. The whole mind swap thing, I mean, that's not fair. But then once again, Pegasus reading your mind isn't fair. So like, everyone is cheating in Duelist Kingdom, right? I, d- <laughs> I think the only person who didn't cheat is... No, Joey cheated. Yeah, the Thousand Dragon thing. But then again, 
that was established as really just how Thousand Dragon worked in the anime. It was different to in real life. So arguably, maybe Joey didn't. I mean, my Valentine cheated. She had perfume on her cards. Pegasus always cheats. Bandit Keith is an alcoholic, but he cheats. Bones probably cheated. I can't even remember. They probably lured him in thinking he was an actual zombie. That sounds like something they do. Para and Doc's probably cheated what they did because they had a weird labyrinth field. I don't even know how that fucking works. The labyrinth door. I'm like, oh, move spaces. This isn't chess. This is Yu-Gi-Oh. Honestly. And then everyone else cheats and Yugi cheats and Pegasus cheats and Kaiba doesn't cheat, but he cheats. And it's like, Ooh. but Yugi still gets all the credit. You know, Ooh, king of games. He won. He, he's so great. He won his way through to all his He cheated. Right, that's not, that's like still praising the Tour de France winner after being found doing drugs. Sorry to call you out like that, but it's a fact. It's like praising the entire Russian Olympic team after they were found doing performance enhancing drugs. It's not, you're not, no, you take away the win. You find out that Yugi just blatantly broke the rules. And then had someone helping him in a duel and had magic powers. You're like, you know what, kid? You're out. Like, no, you can't, that's, you know, we'll give the title to Kaiba. We can't give it to Pegasus, because in the manga, he's dead. Because Bakura literally rips the thing out of his eye, the Millennium Eye out of his eye socket. And in the anime, he's alive, but he's blatantly a cheater as well. You know, he used dark magic, you know, all you pe all you kids using your black magic these days. All fucking evil people, you know. So just give it to Kaiba, you know. I would say Joey, but he doesn't deserve it. I would say Mai, but, you know, she beat... Who? Rex Raptor. Nice. Good job. Top duelist you've beaten there, yeah. So, good Kyber. You know, he, he he deserved it. He would have beaten Pegasus. He would have beaten Yugi. He did beat Joey. Could easily beat Mai. Bandit Keith wouldn't stand a chance. Captain Barrel Dragon over there. Right. And, right. I, as you can tell, I'm getting a bit frustrated. Because Yugi... <laughs> he just cheats so much. It's just so fucking dumb. Like, why? I get the writers were still trying to figure it out, but did the writers read the card game? I mean, I, it's been so long since I've read the, the manga that far back. I tend to just read the Battle City arcs. Like, the ones I've got in physical copies are the... Kyber... No, Merrick versus Joey... Kaiba versus Yugi, and then the Yugi versus Marik duel all the way through. They're they're the ones that I own, and perhaps Kaiba versus a Shizu. Yeah, because I've got the four way duel as well. Yeah, so I've sort of got that string of three with three volumes. Each volume has like three chapters. So no, it's a collector's thing. Each one's got like three volumes in it. So, but I've got the string of basically the Battle City finals, semi finals right up to the finals um and so that's what i tend to read the most and even when i go online i tend to read sort of the battle city onwards um i don't really go back and read duelist kingdom so i can't remember if this is sort of i mean don't get me wrong the manga was a bit different anyway because the rules hadn't properly been established when akira toriyama is not the guy who wrote it kazuki takahashi jesus christ it's just kind of literally just looked up and i had my dragon ball manga there and i just saw akira toriyama and i'm like that's not it it's kazuki takahashi um he wrote um, Yu-Gi-Oh. He obviously hadn't fleshed out the rules too much when he was writing the anime. Um, so things were a bit different. But, you know, when they were making the show, they could have at least tried. 
Like, they could have tried to make it so, you one, you taught the kids the show, taught the kids the game, and also didn't make it that the main character wins by cheating every fucking time. Okay, I can accept the Millennium Puzzle, and I can accept the having two people doing it, because that's part of the plot of the show. <laughs> right? Okay. But every other time, like, you know, it's, is it... Is Yugi really a good role model when he's just breaking the rules blatantly? And I get, you know, as a kid, you don't understand it. I didn't realise as a kid. But then you grow up into a bitter adult like myself. And you realise how stupid it was that this guy was just winning on default because he made up the rules. And I can't really judge anyone. I was the kid who was having a play fight with either my dad or my brothers when I was younger. If they shot you, I'd be like, ha, force field. You know, you, you you would make shit up. But that's playing in the garden. Duelist Kingdom was an official tournament. And he's still blatantly not following the goddamn rules. Like. <sighs> but. Hate for Yugi aside, I'm going to try and move on from that. Duelist Kingdom. You had to so say the final door of Pegasus that was so incredible and, you know, really captivated you. And as a whole, Doorless Kingdom was the make or break for the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise. That was the first season to air in the West. And it was the first season in Japan and the East to air with the new intention of focusing around this card game. It was the first rebrand of it over there. And it was the first exposure we got over here in the West. And... For all its flaws, it worked. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about Yu-Gi-Oh, being a massive fan about Yu-Gi-Oh, we're having a Discord server where I've got specific Yu-Gi-Oh channels and hosting a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, or while looking at my Yu-Gi-Oh play mats and the one I'm using here is a massive mouse pad mat, um, looking at my decks of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, if it wasn't for Duelist Kingdom. So despite how... <sighs> how bad it was it did its job it got kids to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards it got kids to keep watching Yu-Gi-Oh so they'd buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards up until the day they die <sighs> and it did it whilst not following the rules which yes made it very confusing when you then got into the game because there was obviously always a point where someone thought you didn't have to tribute someone for a monster. There was always always a point where someone thought you had 2,000 life points. There was also always a point where someone thought you had 4,000. Fucking 8,000. The only reason they had 2,000 is because they'll actually get the plot moving a lot. I mean, some of those duels took four episodes anyway, and it's fucking 2,000 life points. Imagine if they did it with a full 8,000. My fucking God. Right? It's ridiculous. But, yeah, for all its faults, for all its flaws, and it has many, for all Yugi being an absolute... No, cheating bastard and for all of Kyber being the amazing tech genius billionaire cool asshole that he is okay that one's not a negative Yu-Gi-Oh made it and it's still going today you've got Yu-Gi-Oh 7's going and whilst the anime is obviously going in a different direction with the new Rush dolls the card game the TCG is still very strong the OCG is still very strong you've still got I know at least all the way up to Arc 5 or Arc V depending on how you want to say it, are currently on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure the original series, Dawn Monsters, is on Netflix. You know, this is a series It's still very strong, and I still regularly go back and watch Dawn Monsters or one of the other series. You know, I'm currently staring at my Dark Side of Dimensions and Bonds Beyond Time DVD that I have here with me at uni. 
you know, it's... Yu-Gi-Oh worked, and at the end of the day, despite what I've said, that was because of Duelist Kingdom. Um, despite, as I say, it's massive, massive, massive flaws, and the fact it just didn't know how to play the card game, it got kids to play the card game. So even though it, it, it didn't do it well, you know, you, you as a kid, you'd sit there and you'd see a blue eyes like dragon, dark magician, red eyes, black dragon, relinquished tunes on the screen and be like, I want to play those cards. So you went out and bought the packs. And maybe when you were a kid, you didn't play it properly. Maybe you didn't tribute summon. Maybe you did use 2000 life points. I'm pretty sure I used 4000 when I first started playing. But it doesn't, because when I really started getting into it and actually buying the cards and playing it properly, GX was coming out just to clear up. So they'd moved to the 4,000 by that point. 2,000 was still in the stages when I was making my own cards in my nan and granddad's living room. Um, <laughs> true story. Um, yeah, so, you know, it. despite not following the rules, it got kids to play the game and whether they were playing the game properly or not. They bought those cards, it made Konami money, and it turned those kids into adults who now play the game properly and still have a massive, massive love for the game and a love for the show. And that is where making this uh, final decision gets a bit difficult because I've got to weigh up head and heart, nostalgia, and actually, was it good? Or not was it good? <sighs> right. I loved All His Kingdom. It was very, very good and very enjoyable. The writing was as good as it was for like an early 2000s dub of an anime. Uh, the characters are all brilliant, maybe with the exception of Taya, because does she have a character other than, ooh, friendship? Like, fuck off. Right. But <sighs> despite it being so good and obviously what started off the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise, unfortunately, All His Kingdom has to fail on principle that Everything I said is true. It sort of it didn't follow the rules of the show, and it did set up the game in a weird way, and it had the main character cheat on a regular basis. And I might be failing it just on the premise of I'm a Kyber fanboy and think he was robbed in this season. I mean, he's robbed in every season, but this one more than any, he was just cheated out of victories, and then gets the flack for oh he's cheated to get that win because he committed no suicide, and it's like oh Yuki cheated first, you pricks. So, on principle of being a uh, Kyber fanboy, and I suppose I've got to be objective and think with my head, the writing was probably the worst in this season. Uh, the filler afterwards was weird. I know I haven't got into that, but it was. And and the duels were just a bit consisting of Yugi cheating all the fucking time. Um, on, on that, unfortunately, George Kingdom has to fail from a technical point of view. However... I'm not going to not recommend it. I do love Duelist Kingdom. And I love Duel Monsters. And obviously Duelist Kingdom is the place to start. And you'd probably enjoy it. So it's not that it's bad. It's just that Yugi's a prick. Um, and I'm being that petty and failing it on that. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. I really do appreciate you listening to another one of my hate-filled rants. And uh, thank you for getting me to over 700 listens um, since moving to Captivate. That is honestly so, so, so incredible. So thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I'll see you next week, guys. Oral Nomads.